Welcome to the GT Reboot. This week, it's all about controversy in the video game industry. We start off by talking about Australia and its issues with Outlast 2, as well as some news from the Kinda Funny crew, the YouTube group. We also talk about some Zelda, some Mass Effect Andromeda, and also some of our controversial feelings on video games from 2016. We're so excited you're here this week to join us, so let's boot up. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Gaming Trends Podcast, the GT Reboot. I'm Joe DeClara, news editor at Gaming Trend. I'm joined by two uh, not uh, premier uh, appearances for you guys, I'm pretty sure, but first time since Mike and I have been hosting. Uh, I'm one with Travis Northup and Christian mm-hmm. DeCoster. Gentlemen, how are you? Hey. I'm doing, doing great. Fine. Yeah, good. Uh, you guys are replacing Mike this week. It's only Mike and I just hanging out, and Mike bailed on me because he's a big bailer, and he's a big jerk, obviously, or else he would be here. So I just have to deal with you guys tonight, unfortunately, but we'll make the best of it, I think. <laughs> so, yeah, I used to be on the podcast a lot back in the day, but uh, not not recently. Right, because so. then we, we took oh, over, so you were experience. like, I'm out. Get out of this. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Christian, I don't know how long you've been with Gaming Trend. Uh, I was, um, I came in, and you were yeah. here. Uh, most people I that I work with, it, that was the case. Oh no, um, I came in um, sometime over the summer okay. uh, when they were just hiring like a new round of people. And um, I've been on the podcast once. It was the uh, what was it? The um, like gaming awards one that we oh, did okay. talking about the, the top ones of the year. Oh, so that was your, and, uh, that was your inaugural uh, gaming trend podcast experience. It's, it's great. You can hear me uh, forget about what I nominated, which is awesome. That definitely did happen. I did remember that. I was, I, I roasted you for that because I was yes. the only other nomination and I was like, someone here is on my side and you so weren't. So you know, yeah. <laughs> that's all right. I, I I totally forgot that I put Dishonored Two on that list. Yeah, that's all right. I've in time through time. I've uh, I've my wounds have healed, and I've forgiven you, so it's all right. Yes. Anyway, Travis, how long? I got hired in uh, 2012. Okay, wow. So you've been there for some time. You're you're the veteran of the group right now. Oh yeah. Okay. Very cool. So (laughs) we're gonna talk some video games now. Uh, that's what we do here. Um, we'll talk, of course, some news first. Uh, but Travis is here to talk about uh, a game he's reviewing, uh, one Mass Effect Andromeda, and uh, it's very exciting. So we'll get oh, yeah. to that uh, on the latter half of the episode, hopefully. But first, we'll talk a couple of stories. Uh, one of which I am only just hearing about. I won't uh, pretend to be an expert on this, being the news editor at Gaming Trend. That's normally what I do, pretend <laughs> to know what's going on. Uh, but uh, we recently heard wind that uh, Outlast 2 has been banned from a certain so- southern eastern hemisphere country. Uh, Christian, I'll hand it off to you as well as Travis uh, to give us the laydown of the story. Uh, yes, it seems Australia has struck again and banned Outlast 2, or refused classification, which effectively means that it's banned. Yeah. And um, the scene, um, I'm hearing this through Kotaku Australia, was the uh, place that the story broke 
for through. And um, the reason being there's a, a scene where there seems to be some sort of uh, ritual orgy type thing. Oh, nice. Sorry, we're getting a little, we're getting a little graphic this episode. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there's just, Bristol yeah, we're opening with these actually come up every episode. Perfect. Oh, every episode. It's, okay. a, it's I mean, a staple of the GT reboot uh, weekly podcast. Oh, okay. Well, in, no. In that case, well, I'm not speaking out of, <laughs> out of turn there. Uh, but there are just demons having sex everywhere, and Perfect. one of them like assaults you, and uh, it's in first person. So, yeah, pretty graphic. Kind of, right? kind of understand where they're coming from there. I guess, mm. like, I, I wouldn't. I'm not on their side exactly when it comes to refusing classification, but this is definitely one of the more understandable cases, not like Saints Row 4. Sure, right. Like, I mean, you you see something like that, if you see it in first, uh, not first person, but you see it firsthand, it's like, all right, I get it. You know, this is is pretty insane. And uh, who made this game again? But, you know, uh, I'm always uh, against censorship uh, in any sense, uh, probably because I've lived a pretty uh life and i'm pretty yeah. okay and i'm also desensitized because we're we're in america where nothing gets banned uh so but well, yeah. but of course you know i think that everyone should get a chance to play a game especially if you're excited about it you know atlas is a ls2 is a sequel to a very popular game so it's unfortunate news for me uh travis what are your feelings on this and censorship in general kind of the same this is a uh, very typical move for australia they've been doing this sort of thing for years and it's uh not a very productive way to uh run your country i don't think yeah people don't want to see it i mean that's what the rating system's for is that people know that if there's bad stuff in it they don't want to see it but uh banning it is kind of a i don't know it's a it's a dumb move. It, in my opinion, it almost so. feels like a lazy move. Uh, I don't know what goes yeah. into it, so I can't. I'm not in a position to say something right. like that. And also, I feel like it's funny how we we say uh, it's uh, it's a you know a typical move for Australia. You know, the entirety of Australia. Yeah. Yeah. What a bunch of goofs! You know, they just banned the game, all of them. But uh, you know, wh- whoever handles. Uh, censorship and content uh regulation over there uh, i don't know the organization is the uh, uh fcc here i forget anyway uh yeah it's uh it's always unfortunate right i mean to say it's unfortunate yep. because they're missing out on some great stuff you know uh it's like south right. park stick of truth had a whole censorship issue and when you think about when they describe in the game, you know, it's funny because they give you the little uh, yeah. text box of like, this is what's supposed to be in the game. You're just like, well, I guess I'm so sad that I missed out on this, like whatever this bestiality thing that happened. But I mean, you know, at the same time, uh, it's just, it's unfortunate that, uh, you know, you can be excited for a game. A game can be announced for uh, two years, three years ahead of uh, its release and you'd be excited for it. And then, right at the stopping point, right at the, uh, sorry, at the finish line. It's like, yeah, I, you guys aren't going to play it. And, uh, yeah. So many frustrations. They had to know that was coming though. Sure. Yeah. I hear this. The, that country's got to be used to it by now. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, that country's basically driven off the video game industry in their country. I mean, like 2k Australia closed down the rockstar Australia closed down. Yeah. Like I, I think, I think at this point, yeah. Um, this is something that, uh, Australia's decided that they don't want to be a part of. So I will say they do have a great uh, indie scene, though. I um I just got back from PAX East, and they had this whole like made in Melbourne type thing. Okay, that was just um P- 
people from you know australia with their like the different indie studios which was cool okay yeah very cool and they also had um they had an expo there recently didn't they i think it wasn't rooster teeth's expo was it uh, I don't Could know. Could be making it up. Anyway, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, hope that they can find some way to uh, get their hands on the game. Come over here. It's great in America right now. What a time to be alive, right? So many, yeah. no bad things happening here. So it's a party. Get over here. Play some Outlast too, uh, and help us build the wall. Let's move on. We're going to talk a little bit about not video games particularly, but some video game inter well, internet drama. personalities some yeah. video game industry drama sure because what is a video game podcast without some internet industry drama right so um another internet personality uh, was under social fire over the week uh one colin moriarty uh co-founder of kind of funny and ex senior editor of ign one or two years ago i think it was two years ago and um uh sure exactly just to get a full rundown of like the history of this guy, uh, Colin Moriarty is a and once was an editor at IGN and left with a group of other IGN editors or um, workers and video producers, whatever you to create this company, uh, content creation, let's play uh, show, YouTube show, and a podcast group called Kind of Funny with one Greg Miller who's also very popular, and they. Seem to be very successful for however long they've been out there. Recently, this one Colin Moriarty sent out a tweet that was very controversial on uh, a day without women, which International Women's Day, uh, and it was um, decidedly, and from what I can tell, a sexist joke. Uh, it was a joke, yeah. and he meant it to be a joke, and it received a lot of backlash. Of course, uh, a lot of people uh, were very upset by it, and. Um, a weekend later, he announces that he is leaving, kind of funny. However, their messaging was that it wasn't related, rather that the tweet and just the whole issue was a symptom of Colin leaving and distancing himself over time uh, from the group in general. Uh, not in a negative way, but in that he's now interested in moving on talking about politics. He's a very political, politically vocal guy. He's a very conservative guy. And so... I only found this interesting, one, because I had read his content before and I respected a lot of his opinions, specifically just reviews-wise. Other than that, really, I'm just interested in this because I'm seeing a lot of this, you know, a video game or internet personality said something controversial, uh, say it's just a joke, then uh, tries to backpedal on it or just uh, tries to blow it off and say, it's not a big deal. Why are you making this a big deal? And a lot of people agreeing with that, but then later on, some kind of business-related repercussions ensuing. And um, I wonder what you guys think of this scenario and other scenarios like it and uh, the idea of freedom of speech and, uh, you know, harmful or unharmful jokes uh, and things of that nature. I actually thought his joke was um, kind of like a, just like a typical like cheesy dad joke of a you know what i mean like if you watch like a sitcom like married with children sure where he's yeah. like oh she's all finally i have a moment to myself of quiet now that the wife's out of the house yeah. it was kind of you know obviously he he's a guy who likes to push people's buttons mm -hmm. and obviously he's got to live with the repercussions of that but i think you know as far as as things go it's uh 
I, I I'm a guy who's I'm a comedian. So okay. for me, you know, for comedy and boundaries, I don't really have any. And I think that people that do have them are uh, uh, weirdos. So I I mean I, I I definitely empathize with with Colin. But on on the other hand, you uh, if you're gonna say stuff like that, you got to deal with the consequences. So he he dealt with them, and I think he probably is glad with the road he chose because he's not the type of guy who. Uh, isn't going to speak his mind yeah, no matter what. I'm so. sure. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I believe that for sure. You know, if uh, it, it didn't, it wouldn't seem as though uh, this was a, you know, him announcing his resignation from the company didn't sound like this remorseful act of, uh, you know, trying to protect the group. I mean, maybe that's what partially what he was doing, but it yeah. seemed like, you know, I, this is because I want to move on and do uh, bigger things. Things that are more akin to my interests and uh, that's fine. And having the freedom to say anything without uh, repercussions, um, you know, imparting on his company—that's problematic, and that's and that's never good. But uh, at the same time, you know, I agree. Yes, it was like a dad joke. You know, you would see that on some kind of sitcom, like Everybody Loves Raymond or uh, Married with Children. Uh, yeah, the problem that's what it reminded me. Yeah, of. the problem. And honestly, you know, yeah. like I I saw it and I laughed with a little oh, but it was a cheap joke. It was like all right, you know. Uh, it wasn't an, it was an easy joke, I would say, and it was on Twitter and just, you know, context matters, your platform matters and tone matters and tone is in a way non-existent, uh, on Twitter, you know, or, but at the same time, tone is kind of just all always assumed on Twitter. Uh, and that's a problem. Like, I don't think we read the tweet itself, but like the tweet was something to the effect of, uh, uh, some finally peace and quiet, uh, and then hashtag a day without women. And that is not very, in my opinion, not very clever. Um, it's whether it's funny or not, that's fine. I don't think it's an issue. It's an issue on, uh, you know, whether it's funny, it's just really that it's, um, yeah, it was e- an easy joke to make on, make on a day that everyone, is trying to rally around women and in a time that it's just such, not just that it's a sensitive subject, but that's a kind of an important subject, you know, in this time right now, it seems uh, a little tone deaf to make that kind of a joke on a platform that could just, that you're inviting exponential criticism, right? It'll just keep coming flooding into you and it doesn't, it may easily be taken out of context or to just be taken as um, an actual, uh, mean spirited joke. So, right. Yeah. I can't imagine. I can't imagine how you could be frustrated from getting backlash from that. That's my only issue. I don't think yeah. he is frustrated to be honest. <laughs> yeah. It kind of sounds like the, the thing you'd expect from that. I, um, I looked it up and yeah, it is just ah peace and quiet, quiet hashtag a day without woman. Yeah. He yeah. said way worse stuff, by the way, on Twitter. Oh, that's sure. the thing that makes me laugh is he said like way worse stuff. But on this Twitter is the thing that got know. well, you know, yeah. uh, he used a hashtag that millions of people were hopping onto uh, on that day, totally. and that's what he was going to get, you know. And um, yeah, I mean, again, uh, uh, offense is subjective, and that's fine if you're offended. That's fine, but I mean. Uh, I I think that yeah in in general from what I've seen of his work he's not a mean spirited dude but you gotta expect that when something like that happens but um okay so yeah other than that hope everything goes well for him hope he makes some really cool stuff uh hope it's video game related because I hate politics day in and day out 
I read it in the morning and then I it's, gotta leave it alone. I don't think it's gonna be video game related. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. No, I, it, it seems to be going in a libertarian direction. Possibly. Yeah. More possibly conservative. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. All right, so we're not going to talk any more news. It's been uh, it's been a slow week for news because all of the games are out. Uh, some fantastic games right now. I've been playing almost nothing but Zelda Breath of the Wild for a while. Um, only momentarily uh, diverged. I forgot that game existed already. Oh, sure, yeah. Well, Travis, one uh, reviewer of Gaming Trend, currently reviewing another massive uh, yeah, open-world-ish like game. I, I reviewed... Uh, um, Horizon Zero Dawn, and then right immediately after that, got on the Nintendo Switch and played through all of Zelda, and then I immediately got into Mass Effect and played through all that. So it's just like back to back to back open world games. So at this yeah, point, yeah. I'm like, yeah, exactly what you want, right? Zelda was Bring on thing. three more yeah. open world games. Yeah, what an exciting time! Great. So right. uh, we will talk about Christian, and we will two of us will talk about games uh, anecdotally later. But I want to hear about uh, Mass Effect. Andromeda. Um, Who doesn't want to hear about Mass Effect Andromeda? Yeah, it's the game to be talking about right now for for this week. Next week it'll be something, some other ginormous game that's coming out. But uh, let's talk Mass Effect. Uh, you, I gather, played through the first three Mass Effect games. Correct. Are, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I have all the achievements in the first three Mass Effect games. Wow. Oh, yeah, and I reviewed all the DLC for two and three. I think could be wrong. Okay. Definitely for three. So, so you're sort of an authoritative figure on. Uh, I, I've played a lot of Mass Effect. I am, and, and I've actually also played every every Bioware game too. So just in general, okay. I've, I have a lot of experience with Bioware. Uh, but okay. who doesn't, right? <laughs> yeah. So let's hear. I'd love to hear first, like having heard all of that, having knowing you know you having played and known the many permutations of Mass Effect. Uh, how does this compare? Was this change, and how do you feel about? Uh, the step forward in the Mass Effect franchise. So uh, it, it is a step forward in a lot of ways. The cool thing about it is that it's sort of a return to Mass Effect One in a weird way, um, and by that I mean that it uh, it is open world. Um, mm-hmm. It kind of feels like Mass Effect One. It's in a new world that we kind of don't know a whole lot about, uh, with characters that we don't that we haven't met yet, which obviously is. Uh, a very similar situation with the original Mass Effect. Um, you're driving around in the the new Mako, which is called the Nomad, a lot, uh, which is like Mass Effect One, obviously. Um, and yeah, it has a lot in common with that game, um, in in a lot of good ways. Um, it also has a lot in common with Mass Effect One in some bad ways. Uh, primarily that, and I'm sure you guys have already seen this online, but the game doesn't look great. Um, That's true, it, really. Oh yeah, the, uh, it, it, uh, the robot it eyes. Has, yeah, the, the, all the characters look like they've got like dead eyes and wooden faces, and they're kind of like they look like animatronic characters, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, a yeah. lot of times, and just the the quality of the character modeling and the the animations uh, isn't great. It 
I would say it's probably you know somewhere around where Mass Effect Three was, but it's just weird to see the first Mass Effect game on a new console uh, with a whole new set of tools and and that sort of thing, and them touting uh, 4K on the PS4 Pro and HDR on the Xbox One S, mm. um, and then to just get sort of like a this weird uh, almost feels like a callback to the graphics of Mass Effect One, which is. <laughs> Just per, it's perplexing. It's really weird. Um, sure. To to see. Is it like an um, uncanny valley sort of thing, or are they just totally uh, gross looking just, an- animations? They're just not very good looking. Yeah, it's yeah. not. It's not. It doesn't. It's definitely not an intentional thing. And in fact, uh, when they revealed gameplay footage a while back, people uh, immediately responded saying that the animations looked weird, and uh, Bioware responded by saying that it was like a glitch or that it was an early alpha build and that it was something that was going to get fixed. Uh, and clearly that didn't happen because mm-hmm. this is the final version of the game that I played through. And uh, it looks, uh, it looks like it, it did in the original preview. So, okay. um, so it's an interesting situation. I also played it on PC um, and I have a pretty good rig set up and I have a 4k monitor and all that. And so I was playing it in pretty much it's most likable uh, form and, it doesn't exactly wow. That that's not to say that it looks bad. In fact, the environments are quite good. Um, it's mostly just the actual character animations and some of their faces and that sort of thing that look uh, a little strange, a little off. Gotcha. Okay. So, right. Yeah. All right. So that's that's the aesthetic of it. I've heard similar things. You know that the yeah. uh, character animations are um, shockingly. Uh, dated or just very strange looking and uh, hard to look at, but that I I've heard actually a lot of um, praise for the actual worlds and the environments. Um, uh, but uh, as far as the rest of the game goes, you know, the story, the um, let's say like there's the dialogue options and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, what are, what's, what there is yeah. uh, something new for mass effect or something old, like what, what's going on with the story and with your dialogue options. And so all those I would systems. Say, just to put it simply, the, the winners of mass effect Andromeda are the characters, which are as always Bioware's, uh, you know, really good at doing that. Uh, the open world, kind of the return of open world to the mass effect franchise, which, which has been absent for two games. And then the third winner would be combat which feels really smooth and it's, it's the best mass effect combat we've, we've had yet, which is just awesome. It's a, uh, you know, you're, you're flying around with your biotic powers or your jet pack and you're slamming into enemies with melee and uh, using all these cool different weapons and, and powers. And it, it's, re- it's really awesome. It, it, it feels like, uh, it, and in multiplayer too, it, it, it translates. Uh, it, it's just really solid and, and better than I think uh, most Bioware games that we've played. Um, but the the losers of the game really are. I think this is probably the weakest story of any Mass Effect game. Uh, I just beat the right. main story last night, and it's not bad. It's just uh, it's really straightforward. You know, there's a there's a generic looking, generic sounding bad guy, and he wants to hurt you, and you don't want that to happen. Uh, and you yeah. get your <laughs> team together to to take him down, and then you do take him down, and then that then the game's over, you know. So it's it's just very uh, kind of predictable, no no real twist or turns. Because the things I liked about you know Mass Effect and Mass Effect spoilers, I guess, right? Uh, sure. Is that all the all the other Mass Effect games, and by by and large, Bioware games tend to have 
twists or like a moment where you're like, whoa, that's crazy, yeah. right? Like in Dragon Age Origins, it's when you find out that Grey Wardens, uh, you know, drink blood and possibly die. And Mass Effect 1, it's that the Reapers exist. And Mass Effect 2, you get that moment where you see the human Reaper for the first time. Um, yeah. There's always these big moments where you're like, oh, th- this is like getting crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Mass Effect Andromeda, there's not really any moment even remotely like that. Um, it's it's pretty straightforward. Um, and in general, the dialogue and writing is okay. It kind of has some of the same issues that Mass Effect did. I never thought that the writing was always spot on. Bioware is really good at making characters and writing for characters, but uh, um, some of the, especially the main character, the protagonist, they, they tend to not shine as much. I will say the voice acting for both female and male protagonists is better, but um, yeah, I, I don't think it's it's uh, Bioware's best work by any stretch of the imagination. Okay, sure. It's, so they got, rid of, add, uh, yeah. Yeah. they got rid of they got rid of Paragon and Renegade, and now there's four. Oh, options. thank God! Yeah, uh, yeah, which are I, I hated that system too, just because it was yeah. so black and white. Um, but the the new system is professional, casual, logical, emotional. So you can be. Uh, like a scientific logical guy like okay well it makes sense that we do this or you can be emotional like come on gang let's get together and do this uh okay. or you so can it's not be, even morality based really it's, it's not just, morality based it, it's personality yeah 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 and i tried all of the different ones and eventually settled that casual is pretty much always the best way to go because i think that instead of calling it casual they should have called it sarcastic because every single dialogue option if you choose casual is just you being a sarcastic asshole and it's great <laughs> Um, so I highly recommend doing a playthrough where you just choose casual as often as possible. Cause it's just you like yeah. telling the, the bad guy, you're going to shove your boot up his ass and stuff like that. Yeah, it's just nice. a lot of, it's a lot of fun. That's so. a very, you know, 2016, 2017, uh, you know, mentality to be aligned with. That yeah. sounds, that sounds pretty yeah. current. Now, yeah, my it's, own- it's, a, oh. it's really fun. So, uh, my only question there is, is it like real sarcasm or is it like fallout Four sarcasm? Where the sarcastic options weren't actually sarcastic, they were just you being a dick. Mm. Uh, they're they're pretty sarcastic. Like usually, like at the beginning, if you're like talking to your crew or stuff, and you choose casual, it's kind of your character just like clearly not knowing what he's doing and like winging it. Like he's like, uh, yeah, I guess we've got a yeah, and just being like <laughs> kind of a stooge. Um, okay. Which I which I find that's kind of like my humor. I like it when a guy just like clearly doesn't know what's going on. He's supposed to be like you know, the ultimate protagonist or whatever. Um, but as you go on, it, it can kind of stretch into him being a dick sometimes, but I wouldn't say it's anywhere near as bad as the level of dickery you can achieve by being renegade in, in mass effect, you know, cause okay. that's like you knocking out people for no reason and stuff like that. Although yeah. they do give you options to like intervene like you used to uh, in the renegade right. options and just like, you know, do something crazy, but yeah, yeah. Consi- I, I didn't, I didn't like the system of renegade paragon. Right. But the, those instances of renegade, you- like I, I was generally my character skewed. Uh, so, uh, full disclosure here only played mass effect two, uh, oh, never wow. played one or three. I know get the whole same reaction every time. So story, well, I won't bore you with it, but anyway, played mass effect two. It's one of my favorite, 
like uh, you know, Western RPGs. It's just such that a great it, that game. That it make obviously. you want to play the other ones. It did make me want to play the other ones, and then you know, time just happened, and I three came out, but I kind of wanted to play one. Started playing one, couldn't find the time. Other games came out. I just got it got lost, you know. And I had hoped for some remaster collection to come out, and I had a plan for Bioware. I was like, listen, delay Mass Effect again, you know, send it into 2017 uh, fall, and I swore that was going to happen. And it didn't. And I said, and bring, uh, bring us a collection, a remaster collection. And EA says, no, we're not going to do remaster collections. And that breaks my well, heart because I totally bought it. If you have an Xbox, it. you can just play backwards compatible. I They're could, I could. I have, I have no good excuses for why right. I haven't played them. You know, except that I, uh, you know, time is an issue. But I mean, I did love Mass Effect two. Uh, I, I would have gladly done it if I had just given myself the time to play all through all three. But anyway. Uh, the thing that I loved about uh, the Renegade Paragon Options was not obviously uh, the payout of it or the system itself, but just in the instances, even though I was playing Paragon, the instances that I would choose to do Renegade, I was like, ah, maybe I'll just be a dick this time. And then you do some like shocking things. Like you, I picked a Renegade option for, you know, like bypassing the security guy and you just full on freaking kill the guy. And like, it was just shocking and amusing. So uh that is something i didn't want to see go away yeah so that stuff is still in there it's definitely not as present because i think they were really you know trying to hammer on the point of uh renegade versus paragon but uh it's still there in in a lesser form you can kind of interrupt people things and, and do something unexpected but i think uh you know, my biggest problem with the game is that it doesn't do a whole lot new and it seems to do a lot of the stuff it did well in other games, a little worse, like, you know, some of the graphical stuff and some of the story stuff. And, um, you know, so by the time this podcast launches, my review will be out. And, you know, my score right now is about an 80 um, just okay. because it, it improves in, in some areas of like having a, a better uh, combat system and a more open world situation and, and doing some things really right. Uh, and then just kind of fails in other areas. Um so, yeah. I wonder if, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about a lot about comparing it to Mass Effect games, uh, which is natural. And it makes perfect sense. But also looking at the uh, climate that we're in right now and the timing of this game's release. Yes. It's coming up at the butt end of several yes. open world games and several even more very extensive games. Like even if you played Neo, which is not open world, but it's like this huge game. And then... Uh, you know, just a bunch of other great games. So the yeah, more so, you zoom out. So for yeah. me, coming you know right off the tails of having reviewed Horizon Zero Dawn and then played through Breath of the Wild, you know, in, in one straight like forty-eight hour just marathon, uh, <laughs> is uh, I hope yeah, not. I beat, <laughs> That's I, I beat that entire game in like three or four days, and I haven't turned my switch on since. But it, it was like yeah. a, a crazy period of time. It's um, been a journey, yeah. But yeah, after after having do, done that, I mean, this game has like. You know, it's not game of the year, clearly, already. You know, it's it's going to be yeah. shattered a- by so many. You know, what's funny is I think Mass Effect Andromeda might have been game of the year in 2016 because 2016 was terrible. Like, all yeah. those games were bad, in my opinion. Oh, you're crazy, man. It, no, it was kind of lackluster. I mean, I saw it was what's funny lackluster. is... Here's the thing. It's funny. Like I remember uh, getting all of the roundups of the uh, Game of the Year nominations, and I saw you, and your nominations were Fury, 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 Fury. I'm like, this guy either hates no, all the games or loves Fury so much. I, okay, I know it's I, not totally I true, but you know, I, I saw I actually, Love Fury. 
I nominated uh, Forza Horizon 3 for Game of the Year. Sure. Yeah, and you did. The, yeah. That's something I thought would never be my personal Game of the Year, but 2016 was so bad. I was just like, honestly, that's, that's insane. I haven't heard that yeah. opinion. I, that's, you're the first person I've heard who I, said I think that. I was agreeing with me. Um, I, I will yeah. say, like, I was surprised at how much I liked Titanfall 2. Sure. Over, a, and I think part of that was because nothing else was really that spectacular. I, I can't I found you guys, you know. I was looking all over the yeah. world for the people who didn't like twenty sixteen. <laughs> I found you in the same room. This is incredible. I mean in the same yeah. Skype chat or whatever, but yeah, that's a lot incredible. Of my friends kinda say the same thing because like True, yeah. the big game of twenty sixteen was supposed to be Uncharted Four, which I sure. did not like at all. Yeah. Uh, just because I don't know. I I feel I've like heard it people lost dislike it. I hear I hear I have yeah. not gotten around to playing it. Yeah, it's so definitely that. worth if you like Uncharted. Yeah. I would, I, I, mean, I, I would, Uncharted. you know, yeah. I, I, I stand by, uh, gaming trends choice for game of the year. That is Uncharted. Though my game of the year was probably The Witness. I love The Witness. Uh, I love a few a game. other games. Yeah, fuck it. There you go. Twenty sixteen was a great year. But uh, I loved one Inside game? as well. Yeah, yeah. No yeah, one. It was worth the whole Inside year. Inside was good. Overwatch was. I mean, a lot of people liked that yeah. game. I didn't like it, but I, yeah, I don't know. Sure. I love Overwatch. Overwatch. Is, I'm terrible at it. I, I love Overwatch. I, you know, uh, subjectively, I think you're crazy if you don't like it. But at the same time, I acknowledge you. not everyone's going to be into Overwatch. It's a I mean, wait, shooter. Wait. It's kind of like a, you know, a quirky shooter. It's got balance it's game, issues, even though Blizzard is. It's a game that is, advertised yeah. itself as having a story and then didn't have a story or a campaign and instead it was a multiplayer yeah. mode where you Play the exact Did it really? Same thing over, over it can, yeah. I mean, it has a story, yeah, it but had, it doesn't have a story no, mode at all or anything. Yeah. It doesn't have a story. Yeah. Period. Yeah. In the game, it has a story outside of the game, but not. In yeah, it. yeah. And, and most of that's just backstory. They came out with it. it I, I think they, they did a lot of things that make me not want to play that game. Because if you want to sure. make me not play a game, just make a game that's like pretty much online only, and you just do the exact same mode over and over and over again with no real end goal that's like a great way to lose me as a two, player two or three years i would have said the exact same thing i was of the mindset you know titanfall was a thing and it was like it's online multiplayer only and i'm like that's a joke like how can you release a game like that and as these games have come out while a lot of them haven't been real successes you know titanfall one was not that great a success titanfall 2 came out with the single player but we all know financially what what happened there and that was just bad timing and uh as most people are concerned oh, yeah. as I'm concerned, but I mean, it was good. Uh, but most of the single, I mean, online multiplayer only games that have come out, I haven't been super impressed with except for overwatch. I, I am time and time again, impressed with overwatch and how much fun it is, um, is casual esque. I mean, you could get to a seriously high level of play, but just, you know, um, the fact that, uh, you have this weird balance thing with uh, different characters, uh, that are supposed to be synergistic and working together, but obviously there are characters always that are better and it's just a balancing act all the time. Uh, it's used towards casual in that way. Um, yeah, I mean, but, it's. I don't even think it's new. Like Team Fortress 2 did what Overwatch sure, did. Sure, sure. It is a Team ago. Fortress 2, right. yeah. And I, I mean, it's... It, uh, yeah, so I, I, I think for... It is what it is. I think a lot of people have uh, 
rose-colored glasses because they're Blizzard fanboys. Ah, nah, crazy. I, see, I, I only started liking Blizzard around Hearthstone. I like Hearthstone a lot. Hearthstone's uh, pretty I, good. I'm a big fan. Yeah, that's <laughs> all right. Travis approves. Uh, so I got on board with Blizzard for, with that. And then Overwatch, uh, I played the beta. For some reason, wasn't impressed. And now I play Overwatch regularly, except for recently, because all I play is Zelda now. That's that's my life at this point. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I will agree to vehemently disagree with you, Travis. I think last year was was pretty stellar, uh, and and you, Christian, though you you threw me a bone with uh, Titanfall, so that's good. I will Can say we at least Titanfall, agree that already this year is well. a better year than 2016. What's that? Can we at least agree that already yeah. this year is better than 2016? It's already pretty. Like that's the thing. I, we I was Come saying on. this last. I was saying this last week. I said. I, I was looking back at last year, you know, there's been a few award shows and stuff like that. And uh, I was astounded, you know, by how many great games and I thought, when are we going to top this year? And already we are on path to top. If, if we're rating games on this polar, you know, scale or whatever that, oh, th- this year was the best. And yeah, totally. I mean, fucking Zelda's incredible. Uh, Neo was super, super cool. Resident Evil is a killer VR game. Uh, there's uh, a bunch of small stuff I have not played and uh, Yakuza really want to get around to playing. Uh, Yakuza here is great. I've never oh, played yeah. a Yakuza game. Uh, but, Neither had you I. Know, yeah, yeah. So I, I hear that's fantastic, and it's the same, but still fantastic. Like I, I'm I think super it's pumped to, that, like, to play Persona. It's it's already like unbelievably. It's exploding. Yeah. Yeah, like I think it's funny that like Mass Effect Andromeda or maybe like Horizon Zero Dawn might have been a game of the year contender and this oh, year yeah, it's, already, yeah. it's already like nope to either of those games like yeah. this early i just yeah, think that's zelda. funny that it's gonna be, i mean zelda destroys all but like i, I then, haven't played it yet, i but. haven't played enough of horizon to say so uh i i i'm believing that zelda's probably just gonna take it just because of how uh foundational this game is or at least how it feels i'm technically only halfway through the game i don't really know because i've beaten two of the bosses and now i'm just kind of perusing the world endlessly um but i mean zelda you know zelda 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 we could talk about it all day but uh i didn't give enough time to horizon can't wait to get back on horizon i'm kind of like craving it because i've been playing so much zelda and i've been really biding my time with it so i i'd like to get a breath of fresh air with some pardon the pun with with another game you know so uh i mean horizon was yeah. good but it it doesn't hold a candle to to zelda it's it's you basically so. just uh yeah it's basically just a, a rise of the tomb raider far cry 4 clone you know it's rise of the it's, huh? it doesn't really do anything new breath of the I mean, wild is, zelda's got a lot of far cry 2 in there man that like that that what, what nintendo's calling multiplicative pretty, gameplay yeah yeah, I would say it's pretty, pretty uh, like starkly different in a lot of areas in a way that uh, that Horizon Zero Dawn is more like by Man, the book. We gotta get you guys on weekly okay. so that we could convince Mike Pierce that this game is good because uh, me and Josh were describing the game, uh, and Josh, it's his first Zelda game, and I'm pretty sure one of his first like big serious open world games because he was describing it, and Mike stops him halfway through. He's like. Josh, have you played any open world RPGs before? Because it sounds a lot like what's great about this game is what's great about a lot of other games. And there's something to be said. There, There is a lot there that uh, is new for Nintendo and not new for the industry at all. But f- to the fact, it's not. this is not the merit of Zelda, but uh, the fact that Zelda so, oh, not effortlessly, but it's so 
cleanly jumped into this space, uh, admitting very openly to their inspirations of like Skyrim and uh, of, uh, well, generally Skyrim. That's the one comparison I heard from uh, Nintendo themselves. And yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, but they so like fl- uh, fluently adapted, adopted this new gameplay style along with adding so much that it makes Zelda special. Uh, it's pretty impressive and it does so much that's very new just in the way that the world functions and the systems of it functions. I keep saying things like systems and I want more words for that, you know, but anyway, Zelda's fantastic. God plays Zelda. Can we jump back to Mass Effect quickly? Because sure. uh, you guys have both played uh, portions of it. Christian, you right. played some of the multiplayer. Uh, yes. So, Christian, I want to hear some of, of your... Sure, yeah, I, well, if you reviewed well, it, I would hope you did. Yeah, <laughs> so of course. But yeah, Christian, your thoughts first, and I'll let you guys I, argue yeah, I played over it. exactly one round of the multiplayer at PAX. I waited in, <laughs> I, I waited in line for 40 minutes for it. And um, so... You said earlier you'd only played Mass Effect 2. Well, I have never finished a Bioware game. Okay. That that's the moment where I lose all of like my credibility as a gamer. But um, wow, you're I, also younger though. So well, yeah. Bioware's true. Bioware's kind of been on the uh, uh, using yeah. well, a he, old he, bag he, of tricks for a while. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. With Kotor and whatever. I mean, yeah. yeah. I, I've played. I played a little bit of like Knights of the Old Republic. Um, I started yeah. Mass Effect Two. Uh, that was because a friend of mine would like not talk to me until I played at least two hours of it. <laughs> and um, good that's friend. All, that, that's yeah, all I really. played. <laughs> but uh, I imagine I really... if Ron said, "Yeah, I won't hire you until you've played, gone back and played one and three, Joe." So just get out of here. Anyway, I'm sorry, Christian. <laughs> Yeah, no, um, I, I played the multiplayer, and um, playing multiplayer games at PAX, like, the first half of the match, you kind of don't want to talk to each other for some reason, just because mm. everyone's, like, so awkward, and yeah, you don't want to be the guy who takes charge and, like, just like, okay, listen up, this is what we're going to do, but, like, <laughs> you kind of end up doing that anyway in the end, I think, and um, I, I actually, it, it was a really fun, like, kind of team-building thing with people that I didn't know, because... You all have to, you know, work together to um, reach the objectives. I like the way that the multiplayer is structured with the multiple different objectives uh, yeah. that, like, kind of time out or time in. And um, yeah. that was also the one game at PAX that I did not win at because, like, my character was the last one alive and died with two seconds on the timer. It, that Okay, so for some, um, some like, uh, clearance here, like, it, it yeah. uh, the... Multiplayer is pretty much identical to Mass Effect 3's multiplayer. Okay. Um, Mass, Mass Effect 3 had a multiplayer mode where it's four-player co-op and it's wave-based. You're just fighting through a bunch of waves of enemies, and then your goal is to get to the end of the wave. If you do it on the lowest difficulty, which is called bronze difficulty, there's only ten waves, and on the tenth wave, you evacuate. If you do it on silver difficulty, there's 20 waves, and if you do it on gold difficulty, there's 30 waves. Um, so it's, it's pretty straightforward, but it's also extremely challenging, even at bronze difficulty. And the reason for that is because they kind of expect you to 
grind your way through bronze a bunch of times until you're good enough to beat that and then start on silver and then grind your way until you're get a good enough equipment to beat uh, silver and then do that on gold. But um, it's pretty much the same as, as three, but it's, it's really solid. I'm actually almost more excited to play the multiplayer uh, than I am the single player for Mass Effect just because it was uh, such a blast in uh, Mass Effect three. So yeah, that's interesting. Wow. I, I haven't heard a lot of that, that, you know, there's um, more passion for the multiplayer of Mass Effect. Yeah. It had a huge Effect, following. Yeah. It had a huge following. Uh, if if uh, the Reddit forums are to be believed, right? Yeah, I, I didn't defe- play Mass Effect three, so that's actually right. I own one and two, so I have no sure. excuse for not playing them. But I don't <laughs> sure. own three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I'm interested. Like you know, the gameplay of Mass Effect, at least Mass Effect two, was uh, an RPG. You know, where you yeah. developed uh, and uh, accrued skill points or experience points or what have you, and uh, you. Uh, spent those on new skills, new bionic skills. Uh, I failed in my Mass Effect 2 playthrough. I played as a soldier, so it was all gun stuff. And afterwards, I started replaying it. I got through half of the campaign as one of the bionic guys uh, with, you know, pulsing, sending pulse waves yeah. and stuff. And that's super cool. That's the way to play it, but I wish I had started Tech is that cool way. Too. Yeah. 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 Any of those things are cool. Way cooler than Soldier, though. Like, Soldier was fine and it played well, but I mean, I just wish I had done one of the cool superpower things. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. Uh, so I'm interested in how that works in multiplayer because there's a lot of so, really cool abilities yeah. now with Mass Yeah, it's so you, you, there's a whole bunch of different classes and you unlock them through like card packs, which you get by playing and doing well at multiplayer. Um, and you can unlock new ones that are even more like uh, specific. Uh, it, it's done in a, a pretty interesting way where they kind of let you pick different characters and every character levels up on its own and you can give each character its own equipment and stuff like that. Um, it also, uh, in single player, the way it works is you have access to all powers and your character class is sort of defined by which powers you choose. So if you choose a lot of bionic powers, it'll start like unlocking a specialization for adept and be like, Hey, maybe you should lock on as this adept class. If you start doing tech, it'll do tech. Or if you do like a combo, like combat and tech, it'll be like, okay, so you want to be, uh, actually forgot what that one's called, but combat and bionic is called the adept and if you are well-rounded at all three it'll suggest a class for like jack of all trades uh, okay stuff like that so it's that's, it's pretty interesting for single player. it sounds i'm wondering uh, i hear something like card packs and i get a little dubious because i, I so this was like, like transactions and do it. yeah it's got microtransactions it's like i remember when when it did it originally it was like really controversial when it did the the packs but i think it's uh it's a little less like uh shady than a lot of the stuff that Ubisoft does in there, you know, every game has a crap load of microtransactions with Ubisoft. Sure, yeah. Now, I, I mean, think, now I it's par it's, for the course at this point. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot less scummy with, uh, with yeah. the way it's done in mass effect. I think though, cause it's not done to, well, how is it done? Exactly. So it's, it's basically the packs you get have consumables and they have equipment and they have character unlocks and that sort of thing. And you buy the packs by earning points and you earn the points by playing the game. Um, uh-huh. Right. So it's it's pretty straightforward. It's kind of is it doable it, without like playing without paying oh, yeah. anything besides Mass the Effect, asking price of buying a video game? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Mass Effect Three, I remember, was a little harsh, and then they kind of fixed the the way it works. But a lot lots of games have done it, and the reason I'm 
more okay with it now is because I think it's a much better alternative than uh, doing DLC map packs, you know, and, and Mass Effect Andromeda's multiplayer has five maps. They're going to need more than that. If you start to selling people map packs, you fragment your own audience and you have a certain part of the group that doesn't have certain maps and do have other pa- maps. And then it just starts to tear the community apart. I would much rather have them implement an optional microtransaction system that allows everyone to get all of the maps. Yeah, a slow bleed of yeah. money yeah. Being spent by the player I mean, instead of they, like this giant bulk of packs of, well, yeah. you know, map packs that, yeah, every time it drops, Total. there's a whole, uh, you know, vitriol of it. Yeah, of course. And, and, and I mean, way more sense. Halo five guardians did kind of a similar thing when it came out. What, two mm-hmm. years ago? Oh, yeah, it sounds exactly like it, pretty much. And, it, it, and it's killing it. I mean, that community is still, like, huge for, you know, for an Xbox-exclusive franchise, and uh, it, it did it because it's got the, the microtransaction system that most people love because they're not paying anything for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, of course. One of the things I liked about Titanfall 2 was that they didn't have the microtransactions, and then they went back and they put them in. <laughs> and I, like... I had a moment where I was like really angry about it. I was like, I paid good money for this game. And then I realized that it was a review copy. So no, I didn't. But <laughs> well, I mean, but like you know, at the that... same time, um, because in that case, I think it was like, I, I could be wrong about this, but there were things where you had to pay money to get, and they were like mostly cosmetic, but you, you in had to in uh, Titanfall two. Oh, okay. Yeah. There are like special, like yeah, oh, the consumable did... cards or whatever. Yeah. Or there's like a variant of existing mechs that like they're the same, but they look different. But you have to pay money for it. Yeah. Oh well, it's skins. It starts to get bad. Yeah. Yeah. That. That was uh, a little. I don't know. I wasn't happy about it. Sure. Sure. Skins is an interesting one. It's a. It's an interesting workaround that developers use and publishers use more likely. Uh, Just because you know, like I play a lot of Overwatch, as you know, and it's a. Pay to play game, you know, you pay sixty dollars or forty dollars depending on the platform and what version you're getting, and uh, you pay that up front, and you think, all right, I got the game, so I got everything in it. Oh, but there's skins, and the skins do not change the gameplay whatsoever. But of course, they're uh, dulled out in a way that you really want them, and they're exclusive to these seasons, and you have to buy them uh, at a certain time. You have to really like chunk out a lot of change for that, and. I don't know. I still don't know how I feel about it, but generally I've felt the same way that, you know, microtransactions in a game that you've paid $60 or that you've paid for upfront, uh, just doesn't rub me right, you know, and yeah. I, I'd rather just not spend the money and I don't have to, that's, that's my option. So I, I take that, but I mean, uh, systems are getting, uh, they're, they're being generated a certain way that it's becoming less and less, uh, offensive, but still lucrative and still, um, not predatory, but more like it's, it's definitely yeah. built to make you want to spend money. And, uh, it can be in semi predatory ways, even though subtle. And I think that'll just breed a new type of, uh, system that requires you to spend money, but it's subtle. I don't know. It's, it just makes me, I mean, uh, I, I think, me I think this is, this is an area where the market's pretty good at speaking. Because right. there's been systems that were done wrong, and those have not gone well, right? Sure. Like, uh, 
uh, what's a good example? How about Evolve, right? Oh, like that, yeah. That's a remember what happened to that game? With I mean, Evolve the, was just kind of a mess in general, but yeah, yeah. Remember, that's true. Yeah, that's yeah. true. But I mean, there's plenty of examples where you can see, you know, they implemented something a certain way and it just was dead on arrival. And then there's other examples where, you know, they did something that a lot of people thought was fair, like League of Legends, where you know, pretty much the only thing they're selling you after you buy the characters you want is a bunch of cosmetics that don't affect gameplay. And if right. if that's what's on the table and that's what's you know costing you money, people are happy to you know support your game. And so I I, th- I think it's something that uh, you, you can do it right and you can do it wrong. And the people that do it wrong tend to have their communities speak really loudly about it. Um, yeah. So the like, exception, honestly, being being Ubisoft, I think they they do their systems completely wrong and people still buy their games. And I'm guilty of that. So I, I just try there. Yeah. yeah. I, have, I haven't bought a Ubisoft game in a while. I don't think. Yeah. I'm actually like a lot of my friends are now saying like, I don't want to buy Ubisoft or even if there's a game that they are interested in, they'll be like, Oh, it's Ubisoft. Maybe I won't buy it. Like it's sort it's of sad weird, to hear it like that, you know, that, that a, that a game's uh, publisher or developer can have that kind of mark on it. You know, I, I, and I was the same way, you know, I saw the, past three ubisoft games that i've saw and seen seemed interested in i've been disappointed by it's my own personal taste it had nothing to do with uh microtransactions or anything of that nature but you know uh watchdogs uh division and uh what is it now ghost recon uh i was i was lucky enough to uh help review it with Ron, or just uh, play with him and uh, two other editors here. Uh, I was not a fan of the game. No, uh, a lot of people are. A lot of people like it, but I, you know, uh, just every game, I see the concept, I see their really amped up trailers, and I'm like, this looks really great. Can't wait to play it. And I get there, and I feel like a chump that I, you know, bought into it because I don't know. They just, uh, I'm. I should realize now that Ubisoft games, uh, and that's sad to say, you know, but that these games just, they don't deliver on the thing that I see. The the thing that a trailer or gameplay demos or just uh, marketing seems to promise or that I see in it, it's never there once I get to the yeah. game. So I it's mean, sad to see that for Honor was universally good. for games. I've oh, not yeah. played for Honor. It looked pretty cool. It was pretty good. Pretty good. It, it, it's, it's fun when you're playing it, um, like, I, I like the one-on-one in For Honor, but um, everything else in For Honor just kind of rubs me the wrong way. You don't like Dominion? Uh, I, li- I like Dominion occasionally, but I, I don't like the two-on-two because the two-on-two is just whoever wins uh, the first battle oh, yeah, is going to yeah, win yeah. the game. Yeah, I, and, I like Duel and I like uh, Dominion. I think Dominion's the most balanced just because it's a larger and there's more of like a strategy part to it than just oh, yeah. outright fighting. There was that, a bit. That's actually a pretty good game. It does have a disgusting microtransaction system, though. Yeah, like all Ubisoft games. I the, <laughs> there was a moment in Dominion when I was like in the fray, just fighting everyone. I'm like, wow, I'm playing a Dynasty Warriors game, but I'm having fun. Yeah, right. <laughs> that was my that was my. Moment. I've had to review a lot of those games for gaming shows. Uh-huh. I I reviewed the Dynasty Warriors. Oh yeah, I reviewed the uh, Berserk one. That was that was actually pretty solid though. Just not some, enough some characters. Of them, some of them are okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can't get by the fact that they repeat the same line over and over and over again while you're going through the levels. That yeah. That is a pain. Like you do a certain attack pattern and he goes like, you thought you could defeat my power? And he just says that 400 more times as you're playing. Yeah, Kills I him. mean, Dynasty Warriors games have a lot of repetition. <laughs> yeah, they really do. 
those are the those games that you're just levels. slashing at things over and over, right? That's how yeah, nice yeah. It you is can kill well. like a million warriors because you're like eight times their size for some yeah, reason. Yeah, with one slice. Yeah, yeah. Of yeah. Course. Uh, my one experience with that was Hyrule Warriors. I, I played some of it uh, through a colleague, and I played about five seconds. And I'm like, nope, this is this is definitely. I mean, I'd seen it and I knew, but I played it and it was just not not for me at all. Yeah, all right. not not a fan of that one. How are you how are you guys doing on time? Do you got to leave or anything like that? We'll we'll be close to done soon, but uh if you guys sure. want to wrap it up we can. I, I'm probably good for like another 10-15 minutes, I think. Okay. Yeah. Uh so before we wrap up, uh Travis talked a lot about uh Mass Effect. I through some tangent uh talked a lot about uh Zelda as I generally do nowadays. Um <laughs> Christian, are you playing anything uh right now? That you uh, right about? right now um I have one game I'm playing that's still embargoed, so I'm not going to talk about that. But sure. uh, I, I've been going back and doing a lot of like the the sub stories in Yakuza Zero, because I okay. that game is like the surprise. It, it sort of like last year I played Pony Island at the beginning of the year. It came out of nowhere and it just like really surprised me, and I loved every moment of it. Oh sure, yeah. And that's how I feel about Yakuza Zero. It's a completely different game. But like I'm, I fin- finished most of like the main story for the review, but I'm still going back and doing all the side missions and like stuff like that. And um, there's just so much fun. I've spent such a ridiculous amount of time playing karaoke in that game, <laughs> and like, you know, I, I have moments where um, I, I brought it with me when I was like uh, visiting family, and um, I set it up. And someone just walked in and they're like, what the hell are you playing? And I was like, if you walked in five minutes earlier, I was like beating up, a, you know, some Yakuza toughs with like my baseball bat. But now I'm, you know, in this karaoke bar and it transforms into this like J-pop music video. That's and, the thing. Uh, the two yeah. the two games I've seen that just have totally disparate gameplay systems are not to each other, but like within the right. same game are near Automata, if that's how you say it, and uh, Yakuza. And after seeing a little more of Near, I'm noticing okay, it's it's a you know uh, a an action game, uh, and it's right. just got some seriously different but very cool uh, action sequences and. Uh, you know, modes that you go in. And then Yakuza zero is just an insane game that looks insane. And there's, I can't imagine what's going on, uh, narratively in that game. So, oh, yeah. uh, I, I couldn't, uh, couldn't gather what kind of game it is really. One of my favorite, like just from really early on in the game, there's a uh, side mission where you like hear someone in an alleyway, like about to be beaten up and you rescue him. And it turns out he's like the person who's just, or he's involved in the government. And he's the person who like just introduced this new bill that's going to bring sales tax to Japan because this is Japan in the 80s. And um, he quizzes you on your knowledge of uh, how sales tax works and how you think it should be implemented. And it comes completely out of nowhere. And like, it's just ridiculous. And then after that, there's another side mission like, that you can run into almost immediately afterwards where a girl asks you to pretend to be her boyfriend so she can show her dad that she actually has a boyfriend and you just <laughs> happen to match the description that she gave you him. Nailed it. Wow. That's fine. And it, it's just such a, it's such a bizarre like mix of, you know, like fighting, like really great combat systems and just bizarre off the wall story missions. 
Right. It's it sounds like you know there's these. Uh, it, it sounds like it's a cool fighting game, not fighting game, like yeah. fighting game, but you know, a cool action game that has a ton, a ton of interpolations of weird gameplay things, like you know, K-pop music videos, yeah. and you know, like like I guess that goes through. How do you play those? You know, karaoke it's, bars, like uh, rhythm game. Sort yeah, of? it's it's a rhythm game, and there's like there's a batting cage. Um, there there are just so many different <laughs> ridiculous things. There's like. I spent so much time on one of those stupid crane mini games, like um, in an arcade. Oh, yeah, because yeah, yeah. There's like there's a mission where there's a little girl who's like, "Oh, I want the doll in there," and so you get that specific doll and give it to her. Then you get another specific doll and give it to her, and you have to like. I spent like an hour on that. That's like a that's a particularly Japanese thing, right? Like that you know they make yeah. a game that like does this one really cool thing, and then a million other small really cool things. Like I think of Final Fantasy VII or other right. Final Fantasy games where like you just you do a million other weird things that just you know never come back. Uh, they don't reuse them, but it's done really well, and it's just like very fascinating that you. You know, they must have spent a week just like designing this crane machine system, and then they use it once, yeah. and then that's it. Yeah, it's um, it's it's awesome. If you haven't checked that one out, like that's one of those ones that uh, is going to be on like the the list. That's like the game that no one played, basically. Sure. Because yeah. I, I've run into like one other person who I know who's been playing it, but um, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a really fun game, and I definitely recommend it. It made it made a really quick splash in uh the at least the game industry you know yeah and uh, in, in the in the media uh i mean i saw a bunch of little things along with gravity rush and resident evil it was around that time yeah. and also near uh not near uh neo god there's been so many oh, good yeah. games already freaking yeah. insane Especially i, I redact my playstation yeah yeah a lot of playstation stuff yeah travis i redact my statement this has probably been already a better year or on par year with 2016 I'll, it's I'll better say. just give in sure sure whatever you say man yeah all right uh any closing thoughts anyone want to talk about anything quick you want to just uh, talk about zelda for an hour let's talk I, about zelda for an hour. i think right this now. has been the controversial episode because we opened with uh censorship and orgies and then we went on to politics and then we went yeah. on to 2016 being a garbage year for games. Yeah, really controversial. That is that is That's the definition. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone, yeah. Everyone, Everyone knows. knows. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up then, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you again, right. as always, for joining us. Cool. Uh, you will do some Twitter handles first. Uh, do you guys want to share your Twitters uh, or anywhere you can share your content? Uh, Travis, do you want to share anything? You can find me at Travis. Tiger Travis, ubiquitous. Yeah, name. Yeah. I'm on everything. Yeah. He's wearing Travis a tie on too. PlayStation Network on Xbox Live. Yeah, find me. Yes. Nailed it. Perfect. You can find me at Locker Kid, which uh, is not because I got shoved in lockers in high school. Yes, it is. The, it, not it, at all. No, not at all. No, it not was. It was. Uh, there's so a story Locker Kid. It. It's not that. <laughs> okay, Locker Kid. One word. Yep, Locker Kid. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. You can find me on uh, Steam, on PSN, on anywhere. So. Oh man! Oh man! All right. So we got Ty Guy Travis. That's Travis Northup. We've got Christian DeCoster at DeCoster. Excuse me. Yeah. At uh, the Locker Kid. Locker Kid. Yes. One. And I am. Kid, one word. I am Joey Dagobonuts. That's Joey Dagobonuts. That's the D and the B switched around. You can find. So much of what we write, of course, on GamingTrend.com. Travis's uh, review for Mass Effect Andromeda will be up 
uh, by the time you're listening to this. So go check that out. Christian wrote the review for uh, Yakuza Zero. I don't write reviews. All I do is play Zelda all day and Hearthstone when I'm not playing Zelda. So uh, that is it for this week. Please join us. Uh, Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me. Really appreciate it. Awesome. And and I'll see you next time. Okay, bye. See ya.